0: Happy Tuesday, everybody. This week, Jamie and I sit down and we talk about handwork. Oh, it's so fun. Handwork is such an amazing part of the Montessori classroom. It is so great for focus, brain development, concentration, and it's such a creative work. We talk about it all, our own experiences, and how to successfully include it in your Montessori elementary environment. As always, this episode wouldn't be able to be possible without our amazing patrons. So if you want to become a patron, go on over to patreon.com. It's linked below. You can receive extra content, some merch in the mail, and fun things like that. We love having this option for our community, and we just think it makes our community stronger. So thank you all so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I also want to talk about a really amazing company um, that is partnering with, with us and actually sponsoring this episode. The company is called Cutlery. It is designed to help toddlers and preschool age children foster independence and develop an excitement for self-feeding. Now we know how important it is. Independence is so important for all Montessorians and it really starts with the younger ages. So go ahead and go to shopcutlery.com. Um, And if you spend $20 or more, you can get 15% off with our promo code podcast 15. The promo code is podcast 15 for 15% off an order of $20 or more. It's awesome, check it out, it's linked at the description. And as always, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Sapling Supply. We love Sapling Supply, it's an amazing furniture company. They design natural, beautifully aesthetic Montessori furniture pieces, great for all ages, it's fantastic, and again, you can get 10% off anything site-wide at Sapling Supply when you use our promo code ATM10. And that is also linked below. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? It's going
1: pretty well, Rachel. Lots of leaves in my yard these days. Mm.
0: They're every- yes, I. They're everywhere. It's like one of those things. There's always a day in October where, like, it's like, oh, it's fall. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like this past weekend was like, oh, it's yeah, fall. <laughs> it was, like, beautiful
1: <laughs> you know? to watch. Like, leaves kind of raining down in a beautiful, sunny blue sky. And then I looked at the mm-hmm. blanket of leaves covering everything in my yard and realized, oh, but yep. now
0: someone has to rake those up. <laughs> I have a really funny story about leaves, actually. So this past weekend, I had my yoga training, um, and we went to we did this workshop all on energy and Reiki. It was very woo woo, but very amazing. And um, we're doing this immersive meditation and like yoga experience, all about the chakras. Like we're like getting into it, right? And our, the the house next to where we were, this man gets out his leaf blower. <laughs> And I mean, he is like going to town with his leaf blower. We all just started cracking up laughing. It was so funny. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was it was so funny. Anyway, it's my leaf That's story. Hilarious. Oh, yeah it it didn't it didn't take anything away from the experience. It was just a fun memory. Um, but yeah, leaves everywhere. Um, but we're not going to talk about leaves today. We're going to talk about something uh, close to both of our hearts. It's a really amazing part of the Montessori classroom. We're going to talk about handwork. And by handwork, um, I guess my definition would be work of the hand with textiles or something. Not Maybe not textiles, like uh, thread, yarn. I don't know. What Can you give a better definition? That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Help. Help me.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Good Lord. I
1: mean, you know, handwork is just, you know, any sort of creative. I mean, it is like fiber arts and textile work and that sort of thing uh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. children can. Well, and that we all can do with our hands. Um, yeah. Knitting yeah. and crocheting and needlework and... uh you know, I mean, the list is sort of never ending.
0: Yeah. And um, work with the hand is so important for so many different reasons. If you just think about even just taking it out, taking, you know, this moment to think for a second about anything that you do with your hands, what an amazing experience that is um, for your whole being, especially your mind. I always think about, this has nothing to do with handwork, but when I play piano and I'm doing something in the moment using my hands, um, it's almost a meditative experience because the focus that I have is really different. And then again, if I'm thinking about when I'm crocheting or knitting, that experience of using my hands to create something... um, it's pretty magical. And in a world where we have a lot of technology and things like that, I think handwork is um, almost more important, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: (laughs) Yep. No, it's really, and and Montessori told us, like, it's really a connection, like the hand and mind are intricately connected. And we know that from neuroscience too. So it's Really important yeah. for building the mind that we allow and support children in using their hands, and of course we do that in a lot of ways with the materials and and experiments and other things that children get to do in the classroom. But creating something with their hands, uh, something artistic, is a really also another really valuable uh, hand. You know, experience for them to have, um, and is going to help again build their minds, not just their, not just their hands. And and humans have been doing right. handwork, uh, you know, creating uh, uh, fabrics and and other things for a really long time. It's a very human thing mm-hmm. to do.
0: Yeah, I was giving a lesson this morning. I was telling you about. I was talking about the history of weaving. And the history of the loom, and that's very old, very old. I mean, ancient, early humans are, you know, even even the weaving of baskets using twigs and branches outside or, or when fabric was introduced and, you know, the creation of the loom and the different kinds of looms and, and things like that. Um, it's fascinating and it has been around for a long time and there's a reason for that. I always think there's a reason for something when it's been around a long time, right? Right. And, um, we're meant to work with our hands. Humans are meant to work with their hands. That's, that's a basic instinct for us, you know? hmm
1: And handwork in the classroom, like, so that children can do, if they can work with, um, with yarn or, um, uh, embroidery, floss, thread, felting, all of that kind of thing. It's a really, it's useful on so many levels. Like, first of all, it's a really practical skill. So to learn to sew or to knit or to weave or to create, um, you know, embroidery or that it can be very, very practical. They can create mm-hmm. clothing they can wear or other useful items, bags and other things like that. like they it gives them the skills for some of that practical creation. but it also gives them the opportunity for some uh, real creativity and innovation and and a creative outlet. You know, the handwork has um, has lots of, you know, purposes behind it. And and like you said too, Rachel, it can become really meditative when, especially when Mm -hmm. they really, um, you know, get a strong skill at being able to knit or crochet or
0: whatever. Mm -hmm. I have this memory of my first year of teaching and I had a very young class and I taught them how to hand crochet. Um, And it... (laughs) I did it because I wanted the class to calm a little bit, and it took a few weeks for them to kind of grasp it, get better at it, and I will never forget reading aloud to them one afternoon, and all of them were hand crocheting, and it was this amazing focused silence while I was reading. Um, And it was one of those moments where, you know, it's my first year teaching. I'm in like October. I'm I'm desperate for any sort of normal day. (laughs) Um, And I remember that was just a moment where I was like, oh, wow. You know, I really saw the power of that working with the hand, how it enhances that focus um, and sort of helps especially young children, um, you know, slow down a little bit. Right. Because you have to be slow and careful and precise when you're doing handwork. Now, when they first start doing hand crochet, it's going to be like super loopy. It's not going to be, you know, necessarily perfect, but it's easy enough that they can start it at a very young age. And I think that is one of my favorite things about handwork because you know, some of your older ones and your younger ones can do it at the same time. You know, it kind of bridges the gap between the ages in a way. And then, you know, maybe the older ones are doing more advanced things. But at the at the same time, it's all focused around the work of the hand with that yarn.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And, the, yeah. and it yeah. can be like that observation of the sort of the quiet and the calm that emerged. Like for some children, um, having their hands busy can really help to settle them. And so some mm-hmm. of that sort of um, handwork like finger crocheting or finger knitting that doesn't necessarily yield um, much of a Product that's usable <laughs> necessarily, but it <laughs> yes, but it does offer that you know that that hand activity that can allow children to settle and it can start building their dexterity so that they're capable then of moving on to some of the other handworks that will um, you know result in something different. You know, as they learn, you know, like when you knit or you crochet, you're actually turning like string or yarn into a fabric, right? Like that's a really Mm -hmm. powerful Mm -hmm. experience. You're going from just having yarn to building a whole fabric um, that can Mm -hmm. be made into any number of things. Um, And so I think Mm -hmm. uh, the starting off with something that's accessible to their hands and really building that dexterity and then continuing to increase the sort of level of challenge and, um, and the level of skill as children show they're ready,
0: um, right. right?
1: I I hear from teachers and parents a lot that you know, oh, all they're doing is knitting, or all they're, do, you know, like, it, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. It gets like people start to kind of freak out. I I don't hear a mm-hmm. similar. I, I've never heard any parent or teacher freak out that a child is only ever doing math all the time. I would love to hear Can that. You,
0: right. Me too. Can you imagine? <laughs> that sounds great. Let's bring that back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, everyone gets worried about art. You know, it's not on the standardized tests. It's not, you know, handwork. Right. It's not non standardized test. And so um, like one thing I really remind people is that um, that w- if handwork has not been a part of your environment and you do introduce it, it is going to become extraordinarily popular. Like,
0: oh, Yeah oh yeah
1: there's no stopping like, it watch I mean, out
0: no the whole no, no,
1: class no, 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 no. the whole class will want to do it all the time yep. and yep. that though generally will settle down in about three weeks uh yes. so you don't need to panic uh
0: yes you right don't panic <laughs> You know, they don't don't panic. Right.
1: (laughs) You know, you just need to sort of watch and see where can you provide a new lesson and a new layer of challenge? Because part of what where it can spiral into just um, maybe, you know, not not like productive, self-constructive work is if um, as if is, is just like with any other material, if they're doing it just to appear busy, so they don't have to do something else, which sometimes yes. happens. Um, you, right. that's where our job is in the classroom is to just like, look and say, Oh, you know, this child needs a, needs a new lesson. Let's go a little deeper. Let's right. learn how to do this other yeah. more challenging embroidery stitch or let's do. So that's where we just, rather than panicking, Oh, all they're doing is knitting and they're not even making anything like we need to observe and say, okay, how can I keep this child developing further skills? And that um, Mm -hmm. that can help us to not get to that point of being, you know, worried that they're wasting their time or that parents are going to judge or administrators are going to judge or whatever.
0: Totally. Totally. One of my favorite things about handwork is that there's so much more. There's Mm -hmm. so much more and there's so many different ways you can do it. There's so many different stitches. There's so many different avenues to go down. It's pretty endless, honestly, and there's no limit to all the things that can be created. There's so much rich history about handwork there. It's one of those amazing subjects that really, really is has a lot of depth and you can go really far with it. And you know, knitting and crocheting and things like that. It's really difficult. So allow them that time to practice and definitely observe and see, you know, I think they're ready for the next step or no, they're not ready for the next step. Because another thing that I've found, anything when you're working with the hands, and this is from my personal experience, I've also seen it with children. If you can't make something happen with your hands, Sometimes that can really raise anxiety, and you might panic because your hands aren't working because it's really visual. It's a little bit different than, you know, doing a math problem and not getting it right. I mean, that still can produce some anxiety, but there's something about working with your hands and then you can't get it, you can't get it, you can't get it. It can be really frustrating. So, definitely allow them that time, even though it can be panic inducing. I remember thinking the same thing. And Jamie, you mentioned, um, on our training course, um, you, I remember you told a story about a little girl who was just, you know, really obsessed with knitting, but you just said, you know, you kept giving her the regular, the lessons that, you know, she was getting regular lessons, things were being introduced to her and she was still choosing knitting but, you know, that didn't last forever. No. You know, she was just choosing what she was interested in. And you're right. It does kind of go in phases. Um, and it's just the guide's job to observe that, make sure that it's productive. And then, you know, there's lots of great craft stores and outlets out there and things on the Internet of different projects you can do and and really cool ways that you can go about doing handwork to make it really interesting um, and a lot of it's simple because sometimes you just want them to produce something so they can finish something. Sometimes that's, you know, enough because, I mean, the amount of unfinished handwork projects I've seen in my, you know, it's just it's like there's so many. And which it's is fine. the same it's okay. is
1: true for adults, too, especially when you're learning. But, yes. Rachel, when you were talking yes. about as they're learning, that's a real key. They do need a lot of time to practice. I remember I learned to knit as a child and then. Never did it again. So I had to relearn <laughs> as an adult, um, and I relearned. I mean, I learned in the classroom with my class. I had a parent come in and teach some of us to knit, and then we continued to teach others so that everyone learned to knit. But I, uh, when I was, I re- I remember vividly being in the classroom knitting. And like, basically I had like like telling every single child that came near me, like, don't talk to me. Like, I can't, <laughs> I have to focus. Like when you start, yes. like you have to focus so intently. I, I mm-hmm. remember being at home like that night trying to knit while we had something on TV. And I was, I said to my husband, like, I literally don't know how anyone can knit and do anything else. You like see people out in public <laughs> <laughs> that are knitting and talking, having whole conversations. And I couldn't like that's the amount of concentration it takes at the beginning. And and it takes a while to get it so that your hands do the motions automatically. And and yeah. so children, you know, they have to spend a lot of time in that that phase where they're really having to pay attention and we have to be really respectful. Like, honestly, if somebody had told me I had to stop doing it because I'd spent too much time on my knitting, I would have probably growled at them because I... Yeah. Because because I'm (laughs) like, how can you... Like, I'm just starting to get there. You know, so that's something we have to really keep in mind anytime we're introducing some of these new skills, whether it's knitting or crocheting or embroidery or machine sewing or hand sewing or felting. Like, as they're building the sort of muscle memory that they need, um, they need to spend a lot of time doing that. You know, it's like yeah. it's like when you're practicing scales or finger patterns on a piano or a guitar or you're, you know, some of that just you mm. do have to do a lot of that practice to build that muscle memory. Yeah. Um Yep.
0: No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, man, but it's so it's it's such a lovely aspect of the Montessori classroom. There's so much you can do with it. And again, Jamie, just like you were saying, the kids love it. I have really never met an elementary kid who didn't like handwork. Um, Some of them like it more than others, of course. Um, And some it takes longer to get the hang of, but um, it really is popular. Um, And I think there's a reason for that. We keep going back to that, but there's a reason human beings have done it for so long. And there's a reason that people are drawn to it. You know, there's a reason yep. for that.
1: So we want to be sure children, it's just a part of the work in the classroom and they can choose it and it's they have the freedom mm-hmm. to work on it just like they do anything else. I do think there's an important like cultural consideration to take. So depending on where you are are teaching and what um, and what sort of population that you have in some cultures, traditionally this kind of work like doing handwork maybe isn't for boys or it is a sign that you're like not able to afford to buy your own clothes and so it's like a there are different Mm. cultural sort of um, connections to this kind of handwork that it's really important for you as a guide to be aware of if you're bringing it into your classroom Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be Uh, disrespectful of those cultures and or not understand why there might be resistance to some of this activity as well. So it is just something to really make sure that you know your community and that you can have conversations. Like ideally, you know, children of all genders are just happily engaged in this work, but that might be a little bit of a, a cultural obstacle that you may need to overcome depending on where you are and what the sort of cultural cultural background around this work is um so i just also really encourage you to know your community be be really responsive and understanding don't like don't impose you know of course like i want all yeah. children to be able to do this kind of work but also you have to work on it within the the confines of the community that you're in. So it's just something that I have encountered in certain communities and something to just um, be very, very respectful and and sensitive to Um, because you would never want to sort of impose on a culture. Um, You know, that's not how, but you can do little things to help people start to understand or or work to do some little shifts or or whatever. So just, um, just be conscious of that. Um, and also as you're wrestling with the sort of popularity of this or sort of some of the practicals in the classroom, one thing I did, I learned at an EAA conference, I can't remember who presented, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago that, um, that when children are learning to knit or crochet or something, you can limit the amount of yarn they get. You know, so start them with yeah. a small ball, like roll small, a small ball yes. that's maybe I don't know an inch and a half, two inches in diameter, and uh, they can practice, and then they can pull it out again and practice some more. Like yeah. the, it doesn't yes. have to be product oriented at the beginning; it can really be practice oriented, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. that can limit some of the un- you know unfinished things all over the place, or you know. um, if you do kind of have some of those little um, limitations as they're they're beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. So true. I mean, I've made that mistake of giving a child a really big yarn ball, and then it was all over the classroom. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, whoops. Um, Yeah, and actually – creating a yarn ball i've given that lesson too yeah another lesson about how to roll it back up too it's really it's not easy uh it takes a lot of control a lot of thought um so that's something fun too and yeah it can be their it can be their practice yarn ball and then as they work up to it as they get better and more skilled just like anything um that we do in the classroom it's going to get deeper and they're going to need more more yarn and and different kinds of materials but um Again, don't feel like you have to have it all out there, you know? I mean, it, just observe where it's going in your classroom. Maybe there is a child in your classroom who's a really nice knitter, and, you know, they can have access to that. Um, and then it can serve as inspiration to those, you know, working on it. And then, um, Jamie, do you want to talk a little bit about the lesson about how to make your own knitting needles? Um, because it's oh, yeah. This is, I've I did needs-
1: this in my classroom. Um, for, uh, so, this is from, I don't know, I've been doing this for like 20 years now, where instead of because kn- knitting needles can be really pretty expensive. So, instead of buying everybody knitting needles in the classroom, and I got this out of some kids' knitting book that I can't, I wish I could accurately cite, but I'm not. <laughs> don't remember what, what (laughs) book it is. Um, so I did not come up with this idea myself, but what we did was if you take, um, uh, some dowels, you can either cut them to the length that you want, or you can buy like 12 inch long ones, you know, already cut, um, and sharpen one end in a pencil sharpener so that it's the tip of the knitting needle and then sand, You know, sand the dowel really well so that the yarn won't catch on it. Oil it with some oil to, you know, so that the unfinished wood doesn't get all dirty looking from our fingers. And then on the, Mm -hmm. to keep the yarn from falling off the other end of the needle, um, if you use like Sculpey clay and children can make little, um, you know, designs or different things to put on the end of the needle and you bake that clay and glue it on. And then you've got a pretty cheap set of, uh, it's really, you know, for about, I mean, if you spend $15 on the clay and $5 on the, on the, yeah, the dowels dowels. are so, so inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, you've got a whole set of knitting needles, you know, for everyone's got their own set in the classroom. So, and the children can do all that work, you know, they can do the work, which is a fun, super fun activity. Um, So I, I always did that in all my, in all my classes. And I also, um, I found really inexpensive little canvas bags at like Michael's or, you know, one of those stores, you can find them Mm -hmm. all over the place, but kind of small canvas bags that became each child's sort of handwork bag. So they had a place to nice place to store their handwork. And when they got like really great at embroidery, they can embroider their name and designs on it. You know, the canvas was a good material oh, nice. to to do some embroidery on as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Embroidery. That's another one. Gosh. Wow. What an amazing lesson that is. And that is another one that can just go deeper and deeper and get more detailed and more detailed. Um, and it takes it takes so much precision. I, I really I loved giving that lesson. Yeah. Um, time and time again. It's so wonderful. And I also did the handwork bags and I highly recommend that so you don't have just yarn everywhere. It still might be everywhere, but at least it'll be Mm. a little bit more contained. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, it'll probably be everywhere. (laughs) But so are little bits of paper and pencils and all of that. That's just, you know, at the end of the day, you just make sure it gets taken care of. Um, Well, in embroidery, there's so many different stitches you could learn and children can do their own. Um, designs, uh, draw a picture and then, and then, you know, create it out of embroidery. You can do a lot of lovely things with embroidery of like felt shapes on felt. So I've seen like children make a booklet of different kinds of leaves where they've cut a felt shape of a leaf out and then they embroider it onto another piece of felt. And then it's a felt booklet with, you know, like there's just, there's no end to not only just the handwork they can do for the satisfaction of Doing the handwork, but also how it can become just an avenue for how they follow up from other lessons and activities in the classroom. So they Mm -hmm. might decide, you know, that they're going to to create, you know, I had a group once um, make pillows in the shape of each of the seven different types of quadrilaterals and they embroidered. The shape of, so the pillow was in the shape of the quadrilateral. They embroidered the shape on the pillow along with the name of the shape. Um, And that was a follow-up, right? Just crazy, Mm -hmm. amazing follow-up work, you know, because they had the skill. We always had pillows, stuffing, and fabric Mm -hmm. in the classroom as well so that they could do that kind of work. So it doesn't always just have to be a booklet or a poster or something for follow-up. No, you could have right. some handwork emerge and follow-up. Um, yeah. And that's why it's like crazy to put an arbitrary limit on art on handwork stuff because, because I've seen in classrooms like only two people can do it at a time or things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you're limiting, then you're limiting the follow-up opportunities. So yeah, it you know so like two children want to adjust embroider for fun for the sake of embroidering as a work and two children want to embroider to follow up from a different lesson and if you have any weird arbitrary limits about that then you're not going to see that creativity and innovation you're it's a it's like so sad to me. <laughs>
0: To see limits on handwork. Well, and I think those limits are put in place due, I mean, due to fear or due to they're not going to do everything else, or what if I don't have a limit there? Then all they're going to do is art, you know, but maybe they only do art for a week. And then again, the classroom is like phases. That's how I always think about it, right? Like something will just catch everybody's interest or a big majority for a while, but then as you keep introducing things it'll change you know right. it's and that's just the that's where the trust comes into play that's where your observation comes into play as the guide that's where you keep thinking okay they're only doing this how can i you know introduce other areas that maybe i've been ignoring i mean there's all this sort of self reflection but putting limits on things it really doesn't do anything Um, In some cases, it's going to cause negativity or even anger from the children that they are not able to freely choose that option when they've had a lesson. It kind of goes against what we say in Montessori about if you've been introduced to something, you can work with it anytime you want. It goes against that in every way. So. While I understand that um, doubt and fear of wanting to put those limits, because perhaps you feel like you're not in control or, you know, there's a number of reasons, Um, it's setting the limit is really never the answer in that way.
1: Well, you know, like and should we should we tell people, Rachel, that they really (laughs) the teachers are actually never in control?
0: Yeah, we should. should. Yeah, let's tell them,
1: (laughs) you know, I mean, spoiler um, alert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Like the yeah. the only right. reason your classroom functions is the way it does where things seem under control is that you've built relationships with children and that yeah. those relationships mean that children are going to respond and be respectful and you've built a strong social community that reinforces it and you're available and accessible. But if children don't want to do something, they're not going to do it. They just no, aren't. and not. You know, unless... They trust you enough and they have a relationship with you. So, yeah, you, you yes. know, I think that you're right, though. Those fears of control really come out with um, I see it r- quite frequently with handwork. It makes yeah. it makes te- yep. even the best of teachers. It, it can in all of us It can bring out that worry like, oh, should I be letting this happen? But you yeah. just introduce more challenges, deeper skills, different areas. And if you are listening to this and you don't know how to do any handwork. That's totally fine. Like get a parent or an assistant or Mm. like my my boss, my administrator was the person we you know, I I could not solve any when children are first knitting, they create like just all sorts of huge problems for themselves like yes like yes they've and and some of them i'm capable of assisting with after more experience but some i wasn't and i would just send them to the office not for anything bad but like just go get some help from my boss like she's the expert and you know so you can have those you can have those um you don't have to know everything you just have to know enough to get them started and i have a confession i do not (laughs) do handwork in my spare time, it is not something that I find um, satisfying or enjoyable, and I know plenty, lots of my friends do, and and I I wish that I could get into it, but it's not. But it does, even though I don't love it for my own personal enjoyment, I a hundred percent did it in the classroom, and yeah. I showed it to the children, and I got engaged, and I made things so that they could see, you know, some of the pathetic things that I <laughs> could get. Into. <laughs> get done. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that's the other thing to remember, too. You don't have to love it completely or be like, you know, constantly doing your own handwork projects to still bring it to the children. Um, and if you are a person that has those, then that's fantastic, too. Right. Then you can just keep bringing more and more things to the classroom. So but you don't have to have that as your passion to be able to to bring this to the children.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, just like anything, especially like remembering right. when we talked about music, right? Like if you're not a musician, you can still give music lessons. It doesn't mean that you can't. I am okay at knitting. I'm not very good at crochet. A few of my students really wanted to learn how to knit or crochet on the loop or knit on the loop, you know, to make a hat. And I was just completely freaked out by that. But I knew one of my parents was a great knitter and it was one of the you know parents of my community and she came in and gave this amazing lesson that i would have had to study for weeks to be able to do but you don't have to do that if you know somebody or there's probably i mean even if you don't know someone personally i guarantee there's some sort of knitting group or something in your community that you can reach out to you know um and also there's there's yes yes that is a great – yeah, so there's tons of options. I never – we never want you guys to feel like, you know, just because you are not good at something doesn't mean that you can teach it, you know, um, because you need to give the foundations and, and and even if you can't do that, you can, you know, rely on somebody else to be there to help. And finger knitting and finger crochet are not complicated and it, it that's enough to get started, you know, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. And children could plan a going out and do that somewhere, too, which is great. Well, and with the children, what I found, too, is the children, like a a group of them will... Surpass me quite quickly. And yes. then you have a new set of up ep- experts in the yes, classroom. That is so that true. Can help. You yep. know, they get strong at it. And if you haven't done a lot of handwork in your classroom and it's feeling kind of overwhelming, just pick one to start yes. with. Like, ideally, and ultimately, like what I had in my classroom, both my classroom with children and my training classroom <laughs> for adults, was I had, you know, I had a ton of different handwork. Of the, you know, available. Um, but if you're, the, if that feels overwhelming, so start with one like start with some knitting or start with crocheting or start with embroidery and then bring in more as you're ready to sort of, you know, yeah, to tackle it and develop the systems, um, for the classroom to, to get it in place. So you don't have to feel overwhelmed. Just start with one and then maybe next month you bring in another and you yes. just keep, you
0: keep going. Yes. Handwork is supposed to be relaxing, calming, and you know focus driven, you know, i don't don't be stressed about it, basically. and um Michael's and any craft store, there's always coupons about three balls of yarn for five dollars or something. I mean, there's all there's all sorts of it handwork what am i trying to say handwork isn't necessarily it doesn't have to be expensive you know it's a, it's i think it's something yeah. really easy to incorporate and it's something that is really interesting right um so i think um outfitting your handwork shelf or or anything like that or if you're doing virtual teaching asking your students to buy um some yarn it it's not i don't think that's going to be too much of an investment um especially when you're just beginning you know
1: And oftentimes you can ask families and in many families, any family that has someone that does knitting is going to have someone that has extra yarn they are willing to donate because the people that I know that get into this get kind of... Uh, they they get a lot of yarn, oh yeah, and so there's often an opportunity, or you've inherited yarn from grandma, or right? any number yes. of things that you can you can usually get a lot donated, yes, actually as well. Yes. So um, so yeah, no, I just I really have seen the benefit and the value and that magic of when when you're doing read lot or something like that or another time where sometimes we would on a rainy, miserable day that we couldn't be, you know, it was like storming and really too miserable to be outside. We might all sit and do handwork together and the sort of community that develops in that, the sort of camaraderie and connection, help people helping each other. Usually some child helping me with my knitting, (laughs) but that's like a powerful, um, that's a powerful community building thing as well. So it's great for Children, it's for for their concentration, for them to be able to create something useful and beautiful, for them to learn how to use their hands. um, And also it can build some social, you know, connections and a strong community. So it's really, it's really valuable
0: work. It is. And just a word about the, you know, being in a virtual space and regarding handwork. um, I was very reluctant at first because I kind of thought that handwork would be nearly impossible to convey over a screen. Um, And while I can confidently say it is not the easiest thing in the world, uh, it's great. I've been doing it a lot more recently because I kind of just got over myself and said, okay, I'm just going to try it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? And, you know, I positioned my camera in the right spot and worked through it and you know, with virtual teaching, especially they're looking at a screen so much that to do something that's going to take them away from that screen, really have them working with their hands. There's a lot of stress right now in the world and working with your hands is really a great outlet for any kind of stress relief right now. So basically don't, my, my message is don't be afraid to try handwork right now. If you are doing a virtual teaching experience because it's definitely doable and even though I'm not in person with my students, they're obsessed with handwork every day. They're like, look what I made and it's some weird stringy thing. I'm not even with them and they're, you know, and it's catching on like wild pl- wildfire. So like it's just, it's right. just something that they're going to really like. So just don't be afraid to try it virtually. Um, and yeah, get out there, do handwork, go get some yarn, have fun. Don't limit it. <laughs>
1: Right, right. Be really thoughtful about how you can keep extending yes. and challenging children and getting them interested in things, not feeling like you have to put an arbitrary limit. And... um yeah. And have fun and see, you know, the nice thing is a lot of this is like independent work. When you learn something, you just have to practice and practice and having someone stand over and watching you is not helpful. So it's actually a great opportunity in the virtual time to have them, you know, be able to have that time to just practice that. Yes. Practice that skill. Um and uh maybe you know find some good resources for your parents if they need to watch some videos <laughs> to help their children a little bit but there's there are great resources out there to to do some watching and and to practice that skill so i hope you guys are doing a lot of handwork i hope you think about ways you can incorporate that in the classroom and and uh you'll just be amazed at some of the some of the things that emerge, not just not just strictly from a handwork lesson or activity, like it'll start emerging all over the classroom in a variety yeah. of different areas.
0: Yeah. yeah, it will. We'll have fun.